Repenting over our shortcomings, our lies that we tell about ourselves, uh, our fears. And uh, I felt like the Lord, what He wants to do is, is really break them off, that they'd have no effect on our lives at all. I, um, I, saw, I saw people in their minds saying, I'd love to live for Jesus, but... Or I'd love to pursue God, but I'd love to be bold for Jesus, but I have this, or but this, or but I'm afraid of this, or but I have these thoughts in my head, or but I've done this. I saw people saying that in their hearts and in their minds, and I felt like Jesus wanted to crush all of that. You know, the Bible says, it talks about death. The most powerful thing that can happen to, to us is death, right? It says, death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? It says that death has been swallowed up in Jesus' victory. If death has been swallowed up, every single shortcoming that you or me can have has been swallowed up completely. And that the Father would, if He had His perfect will, He'd have you walking every single day without self-condemnation, without defeat, without um, hopelessness, and in, in for inferiority, absolutely, any insecurity. So that's what I want to do. I want to sing, I want to sing that, um, that uh, verse again, the, the cross before me. And this I want you to, let's stand up. I want you to put all those butts. Jesus is going to kick your butt today. So I want you to put all those butts in front of you. Whatever you've said, I don't know what you've said. I, I'm not in your head. But whatever you've put inside, whatever you've allowed to be in front of you that says, I can't do this because I did this or because I have these thoughts or I, whatever it is, I don't know what it is. I want you to put that in front of you. We're going to sing this lyric. I believe the blood of Jesus is going to destroy those today. That you could literally live every morning, every day, completely guilt-free. The greatest thing that the Lord Jesus gives us is a clear conscience. That we could walk around 100% clear, <laughs> burdenless. That's His perfect will. So let's, let's sing that. And I want, you, I want you to put it out there. And, and watch the Lord Jesus sweep it up. Father's going to, uh, let's, I want you to close your eyes one more time with me. And um, all of you have a little something in the back of your head that you, you do, whether it's, I'm not, I've done this and so I can't live for Jesus. You have a butt inside of your head. Right now, I feel like the Father's actually going to give his butt. He's going to say, but you're this, but you're this, but I see this inside of you, but I believe this about you, but you have this quality. But you're actually this, is what he's going to say. So I want you to close your eyes. And you've got the things that, you've, you know, that we were praying about earlier. And I want you to listen. He's going to give you a thought. He's going, to, he's going to declare something over you. He's going to say, this is who you are. Let him speak to you. Father, we thank you. You're a good and faithful father. Father, today I just ask that you would come destroy these things that have affected our conscience that have affected the way we see ourselves and the way we see you. Thank you, Lord. Begin to give insight, God. Show us how you see us. Thank you, Father. I just hear, I, you know, I hear somebody struggling with a, with fear, and I feel like the Father's saying, you know, no, you're, you're my courageous lion. That's not the truth about you. You've allowed fear to mold you. That's not your personality. That's not who you are. That's not who you are. I hear somebody saying, but I'm quiet. No, that's not true. Or I'm shy. That's not true. You're bold as a lion. I've made you to be a sound piece. 
I've made you to be a, de a declarer of truth. <laughs> I hear someone saying, but I'm not like so-and-so. And I hear the Father saying, I'm so thankful you're not. I'm so thankful you're not. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Daddy. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Just begin to sweep again, Father, in this room. I ask for my own heart. I ask for everyone's heart here. Let us see you perfectly and ourselves perfectly in light of you. The way that you see us and the way that you want us to see you, Father. May there be clear revelation of you, Jesus. May there be clear revelation of who you made us to be. <laughs> the Word says that Jesus paid for sin once and for all. So before you ever sinned, He paid for it. Before you made a mistake, He paid for it. It was once and for all. He doesn't have to continue to atone for anything you do for the rest of your life. It's just whether you're going to apply and allow his blood to cover those things and no longer affect your life. <laughs> we love you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. I just hear, I hear the Father saying something. Now, there's somebody here, you said to yourself, you know, I'm just not special. I'm not like so-and-so. I feel like the Father's just saying, you know, I, I took special intention when I fashioned you. You're not just a product of your, of your father or mother. You're not just a product of that. I took special intention when I made you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Anybody, here, anybody get something when we, were talking, when we just were quiet there? You don't have to share it, but you could just raise your hand. Did anybody hear the Father say something different? How'd that make you feel? Make you feel good? Yeah? I mean, I'm not going to pretend... Like, I don't have things that go in my mind. I mean, you can pretend like you don't, but I know that ain't true. But it's, it's so good when, um, I'll give you an example. You know, I, I've, I've been in public speaking for 14 years. And uh, every time, no matter what, I'll have something, some kind of fear, whether you're going to mess up, you're going to do this. And without fail, when I get in the Father's presence, He'll start to declare things over me. He'll say, hey, you're this, or I see this in you. And the moment he does, the fear disappears and confidence comes. That's the way he wants us to live. He wants us to live that way, that we would live in that confidence, that confidence of, of being his son or his daughter. Because then there's fear. Fear is the only thing that's stopping us from, from walking in, his, in his, his truth, walking in his will. That's normally it. Hallelujah. Okay. Well, I'm happy. One thing, uh, Abby said something about inferiority and um, when we were, we were talking about that. And um, one thing, a revelation that I got years ago was that um, you don't honor an artist when you criticize what he made. Right? Right? So if, if you know, Joyce paints this beautiful painting and we're like, uh, you know, really don't like that green. What honor does that bring to Joyce? She's going to say, well, thanks a lot. Jeez, you know, right? So who made us? So what honor does it bring to him when you think less of yourself? There's a false, there's a lie. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a religious lie that if I beat myself up or or think of myself less than, or kind of wallow in my own pity, that for some, that's, that's humility. Well, that's not true. That's not humility. Right? It's not, it's not pride if I say that I'm awesome. It's not. It's pride if I say I'm more awesome than Josh. <laughs> that's pride. <laughs> but it's not pride to think that I'm, that I'm special. That's not pride. That's humility, because I'm believing what the Father says about me, right? And so when we're consciously 
downing ourselves or consciously putting ourselves down, we are, we are criticizing our artists. That's, and that doesn't bring him any glory. Brings him no glory at all. I'm not saying that, you know, you should, if you have problems and you're doing something wrong, yeah, I'm not saying like, well, okay, I'm not going to worry about this. Yes, you should have if, you have, if you're doing something wrong, it's not right. Don't do that. But I'm talking about in general, if you're constantly criticizing yourself, then you're not bringing him any glory. But you know what, too? I'll tell you a second thing. If you constantly dwell on your problems, you will stay in your problems. Hello. Hello. If you dwell on what he says about you and who he's made you to be, you'll become it. It's a simple, it's a simple deal. In, uh, in uh, 2 Corinthians, it says that what we behold, we become. Right? We behold in a mirror. Right? And we get transformed into the same image from glory to glory. We're looking to him we look to him, then we become that. It's the same, it's, uh, there's a principle, there's uh, a story in the Bible where um, um, Jacob was trying to get all the, it's a long story, but Jacob was trying to get all the, get a bunch of goats from his father-in-law, and they made a deal. All right, we're going to split this herd up. Every goat that's white and speckled, I'll get, and you get the rest of them. Well, there wasn't a lot of white and speckled goats. So what did Jacob do? He he took a, like a river birch bark, and what he did is he, he made spots on them, right? So there's spots on this, on this deal, and he set it at the watering trough so that when the goats would breed, they would see that. Well, guess what happened? They all made white and speckled goats. Why, what did that, how did that, I mean, I don't, know, I don't know if that really works or not if you're a farmer, I don't know, but isn't that interesting that what they saw, they reproduced? It's the same thing for us. What we're thinking about, what we're considering, what we're meditating on, the way we think about ourselves, the way we think about the Lord, well, that will come out. And I'm, I'm guilty of being on both sides of that coin, so that wasn't a, a pointy finger. I, I have plenty of times where I'm like, oh, man, I just went the whole day and thought about negative either about myself or something. Um, I have, I've got some thoughts. We'll see if all my thoughts come out. Um, I want to talk about church. We have, um, we have a real privilege being in the South. You know, it's pretty common to, you know, we, we go to church. We do a lot of, um, we're kind of raised with a, re- a religious awareness, which can be really good and it can be really bad. It can go both hands, right? Um, you can, you know, just go to church because it's the right thing to do or because that's the way you were raised. And you can uh, also miss the heart behind it. What are we doing this for? Why are we gathering here? What's, what's going on? And so what I want to talk about today is uh, three pillars that I believe make up uh, the reasons or why we go to church. So it's not the only pillars. There's several other things. And I love what Todd's been uh, sharing on worship and stuff. And he's been hitting some of those. Uh, one of the pillars I'm going to hang out on a little bit more. But I just want to hit a couple that um, can maybe paint a picture force. And um, I'm guilty of just showing up. I'll raise both hands and both feet. I am more than guilty. I don't know how many church services I have sat in in 14 years. I've been born again in four, uh, October 3rd was 14 years when I got born again. And I have no idea how many church services I've sat in, how many teachings I've sat in. I have no idea. Thousands. And I am very guilty of showing up and not actually showing up. Anybody ever been there? Come on, you can raise your hand. If you're not raising your hand, you're lying. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Maybe some of you aren't. Sorry. But I'm guilty of that. And um, but I don't want to just show up. I don't want to do anything in my life just because. Anything, whether it's going out on a date with my wife. I don't want to go out on a date with my wife because it's the right thing to do. I want to go out on a date with my wife because I love my wife. I don't want to kiss my children good night, uh, you know, or, or love them because it's the right thing to do. I want to do it because I want to do it, right? Anybody, you follow, everybody following me? All right, we're all on the same. Raise your hand up. There we go. Everybody's hands work, right? If your hand didn't work, we'll pray for you later. 
Okay, good. I like when I ask when I ask the question, I like a little feedback. Um, so why do we why do we what do we go to church for? What are we gathering for on you know coming here on Sundays? What's the whole purpose behind this thing? And um, so I want to talk about three things that uh, I want us to be conscious of. So when we're, when we're gathering together, I want us to be conscious of these things. I want them to be in front of us. When we come to church, we think about this. This is what I'm doing here. This is why, this is, this is I'm, not just, I'm not just attending a Sunday service. I'm not just sitting, I'm not just sitting here in this chair and going to listen to it and get my, you know, my check mark off. I know you haven't done that, but I have, so I'm just talking about me. I know I've got my check mark off and did, went to Sunday church or, or did something. Uh, I'm guilty of that, and, um, but I don't want to do that. And so I want to I talk about three things, um, why either, not necessarily why we go to church or, or what we should be conscious of when we're going to church. First and foremost, why are we doing this? Number one is to experience Jesus. We, we exist because of him. First and foremost, when you walk through that door, whatever, Sunday morning, home groups, whatever we're doing, first thing should be, I want to experience Jesus. I walk in this door, I'm going to expect, I expect that God could show up today. I expect that I could actually meet with him. He could speak to me. He could change me. I could feel him. I could experience him, whether it's through worship, whether it's through the word. We serve a living God. It's not a figment of our imagination. It's not something, a subconscious thing that we just pretend's out there so that we feel better about ourselves, that we got God's in control of everything. He's a real living God that knows each one of us, that wants us to experience Him, drink, drink of His presence every single day. Every moment, He wants us to be able to encounter Him and walk with Him. The Bible says that Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us. So when we walk through this door, you should be expecting I'm going to meet with God today. I'm going to meet with God today. I'm going to experience him. I'm going to walk through this door, and Jesus is going to meet me. The, the, your expectations should be limitless. There's nothing that couldn't happen in this service. We've got a, a room full of believers that believe in a living Jesus. Anything could happen. I mean, it should be the most exciting time of the week, Right? What could happen if I walked through that door? What if the Lord Jesus showed up and boom, I experienced him at levels that I never knew was possible, right? What if, what if some sin that's been hanging on to you for your whole life disappeared and you, were, and you were a completely new person as soon as you walked through the door? What if some disease you had carried or, or some problem in your body was instantly gone because you walked in the door and Jesus showed up? We should be expecting to meet with Jesus. Pillar number one. We're here to experience Jesus. Uh, the Bible says that where two or, or more are gathered, I'm in the midst. And, and again, I'm trying to say this in a positive way. Uh, again, we've, we are used to gathering, right? We're used to it, and, th and that's good. There's nothing wrong with gathering. We should gather. That's what the Bible says. But when we gather, we expect him to be in our midst, are we expecting him to move? Are we expecting him to be here? Like this wasn't a cliche statement. This wasn't meant to be a bumper sticker. This was meant to be a living reality that would change our lives forever. That we could, we could count on. We could literally count on it. If I will gather with my brothers and sisters, the Lord Jesus himself will come. He will touch us. He will answer our prayers. He'll meet our needs. When two or three are gathered, I'm in the midst. He didn't say that. Hey, hey guys, don't worry. I'm here with you, you know. Peace out. I'm going, I'm going back up to heaven. He didn't say it for that. He meant it to be a living reality that they could bank on. That they could bank on. We need something from God. Let's get together and pray. Or let's gather. I'll give you an example. The other night, um, probably two weeks ago, we had, um, we had home group. It was a Monday night, and uh, Molly and Dylan, they're not here today. They, they brought their guitars and stuff, and we had some worship around the fire. And Mondays are a, a very busy day for me at uh, my work. And so I, I'm pretty, I'm just pretty worn out, you know. I'd rather just, like, go home and sit in my recliner. Actually, I don't have a recliner. It's a recliner couch. 
But I'd rather sit down. I mean, I don't know if you've been there, but I've been there. And uh, we got there, and, and we're all outside. And we began to worship. Molly and Dylan began to play a song. The second they began to play a song, I instantly, the presence of God came all over me. Instantly, my mind was changed. My emotions were affected. Everything was affected in one second. And as soon as that happened, I heard this verse. Where two or three are gathered, I'm in the midst. As soon as I heard that verse in my heart, and I thought, ah, thank you for the reminder. Thank you for the reminder. Anybody ever else been there? You ever had a whole bunch on your mind, maybe come to church, come to a worship service? What happens? Do you get a new perspective? Things change when you meet with God. When you see things, when you start to see things his way. David said that he was thinking about an enemy. I thought about this. I was thinking about this enemy. And then I went into the house of the Lord and I perceived their end. I got a fresh revelation of what was, what was real. I saw it from his view. You know, so again, we're gathering to experience him. I want to set that bar way up here. Let's set that bar way up here. That it literally, you'd wake up on Sunday morning and say, you know, I, I got I to gotta get there. Or maybe your home group that you're attending on, on whatever night. I got to get there. Do anything could happen tonight. Not just I know that, you know, there's going to be deer chili. <laughs> I mean, you should come for the deer chili, too. It's good deer chili. My wife makes it. Uh, let's look at a verse together. Oh, there it is. Okay. We're going to do a little. I'm going to learn y'all today a little bit, okay? Let's go to Matthew 16. Check this out, right? Look at this little, little nugget here in Matthew. If I can find Matthew in my Bible, come on now. Work with me. Matthew 16, 13. We're going to read this whole verse here. I'll read it. Uh, now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, but still others say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you but by my Father in heaven, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Hmm. What does that mean there? This is the first reference to the church in the New Testament, this scripture here. First reference. First time Jesus actually uses the term church. So, I think... You know, if it's the first time he's using it, you got to tune in. Say, wait a minute, maybe something special is about to happen here. What's this all about? So what is he talking about here? I mean, is he talking about, like, Peter? Like, we should be praying to Peter. He's the rock of the church. I mean, what exactly is happening here, right? Anybody have any answers? Nobody has an answer? Anybody? Stephen, what do you think? So here, Jesus is talking about building the foundation of the church, right? Obviously, he's not talking about a building. Hopefully, we're all past that. He's not talking about a building. He's talking about build the rock that I'm going to start this church on. What are we talking about here? Okay, let's pay attention. Here it is. You ready? This is what he's talking about. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my Father who is in heaven. What is he talking about? He's saying that the foundation of the church is a heavenly revelation of the Lord Jesus. A transaction from heaven. A actual encounter with God. Peter had divine revelation. He didn't make that stuff up in his head. It didn't come from flesh and blood. God himself spoke to Peter. And he was revealed, the Lord Jesus was revealed to him. That's the foundation of what we should be about. We should be a, a group of people that we have met with Jesus. We know him. 
Our eyes have been opened to know that he is real, he's alive, he's living. That's the foundation that we can build on. See, if Jesus isn't real to you, me and you, we can't, have, we can't connect. He's real as can be to me. But if he's not real to you, if he hasn't been revealed to you, there's no, we, can't, we can't connect and we definitely can't build something together. You follow me? Right? We just can't. Because that, that's the cornerstone. That's everything. The cornerstone, back in the day when they would build, they'd build a building, they'd build it like we do now, they would actually find this enormous stone and they'd make it the cornerstone. And it would, it would actually be how they, they would gauge building the entire house around this cornerstone. This is the rock. This revelation, meeting with him, knowing him. A divine transaction, a real living encounter. Is that making sense or am I, are you kind of like, where did he go with that? Are you following me? Right? I've had the privilege of traveling all over the world. And I've been to some extremely religious countries. Uh, and I've been to some there where on Sunday when it's, or, or Saturday when it's mass, you can hear crickets in the biggest city you've ever been to. I, I, lived, in, I lived in Sao Paulo, Brazil. It's an extremely Catholic country. On Saturday, on Saturday afternoon or morning, there's 22 million people in there. It, it's like a dead, it's like a ghost town. Because so many people are what? Going to church. Well, I, I saw those people. I ministered to those people. They walked right out of that church, and they were drunk on drugs, prostitution, right outside of there. Do you think that they had this living reality right here? But they went to church on Sunday or Saturday, I guess, at that point. <laughs> they were missing something. This you know what they were doing, though? They were praying to Peter. They missed the verse. It wasn't about Peter. It was about the fact that God spoke to Peter and revealed Jesus to him. That's what it was about. And there, now, now I have something here because you know who I am. And it's not just because you studied the Old Testament and you figured out all the prophecies and it's all lining up to me. No, the Father has spoken to you. He's opened your heart up. All right. Are you everybody following me? Okay, okay. 2 Corinthians 6, 16. I will be in them, and I will walk among them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Again, not, a coin, not, a, not just a, a cliche that we can feel better. I know he's with me. That's okay. That's cool if that's where you're at. But I'm just saying there's more, right? The same way it's, there's more to coming to church, right? You can come if you're just coming and, you're not, and your heart's not there yet. Just hang out. Don't stop coming. You're going to get it. He's going to get you. You know, it's the same way with the Bible. Sometimes you're reading the Bible, ain't nothing making sense. I'm like, what am I reading here? Boom, then it's going to make sense. So I'm not saying if you're doing any of these things and you're not, the heart's not in it, keep doing them. It's going to come alive. But realize there's a little bit, there's, a little, there's something deeper, there's something more real there. Again, pillar one, we come to experience the Lord Jesus. That, that's our foundation. We are brothers and sisters. We have connection. We have fellowship because he's alive to us. I mean, is he alive to anybody in this room? Okay, right? And did that change you? Hello? I went to church growing up. I was in church, I was in church nonstop. I went to a little Presbyterian church out in the country. I wouldn't have known Jesus if he had come down and slapped me in the face. I, have no, I had no idea who he was. At, 17, at a 17-year-old drug addict in the hospital in Chapel Hill, I got on my knees, and guess what happened? He was revealed to me. I became an altered man. Something changed inside of me. That's what connects us. That's what makes us the church. You tracking me? Everybody tracking? All right, all right, all right. It's 11.30. We still got time. Stephen said he's going to be cooking lunch for everybody, so we're good. It ain't going to be ready, though, till 1, he said. All right, number two, pillar number two. I'm going to plow through these because I want to hang out on one of them. Uh, pillar number two. Why do we come to church? Why are we doing this? Encourage your brothers and sisters in the Lord to run their races, to discover and fulfill their destiny. We gather for each other. Step one is, is, is meeting with him. He's the head, right? He's the head of the body. We have to meet with him. If we're not having that connection here, we can't have this connection here. It doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense at all. 
We have to have that connection to have this one with each other. Because, right, if, if Jesus hasn't been revealed to Josh, I'm sitting here talking about my best friend, me and him, no, we're not on the same wavelength. If I'm born again from heaven, if I'm a new creation, right, I'm, I'm an alien to this world, and Josh hasn't been, Josh isn't, then how are we connecting, right? So step one's that. But the second thing is to encourage each other to fulfill our destinies. One, discover them. Some people don't know their destinies. And, you, and, and we can be an instrument to, to help people understand who, what they're made for. The second thing is to encourage each other to run the race that's been set, afore, set before us. I'll give you an example. So or out here, let's, let's paint it. I'm going to paint a picture. Out here is the Father's perfect will for your life. Perfect. His perfect, uh, his relationship with you, perfect. You're meeting with him. You, you hear his voice every day. You love him. Your heart has been cleansed from all, all sin and all, all condemnation. You're living in full joy, living in full love. I mean, you are blowing it up, right? You're living, your body is healed. Your finances are blessed. Your relationships are flourishing because the gospel, because Jesus is the center, right? This is the perfect wheel out here, right? Right? But you, you sit right here. You're like, that looks awesome. So here we are, right? We have this perfect will of the Father. You can clearly see it in the Word of God. It's, it's obvious, but it's, it, it's out there a little bit. I see that, but that's not my life, right? So I'm in, this, I'm in this turmoil between what the Father absolutely wants for my life and what I'm actually living. Anybody ever been there, right? I've been there with all kinds of stuff. Maybe you study the Word and you say, you know what? Um, I should be able to hear the voice of God. Jesus said, I'm your shepherd. My sheep hear my voice. You're like, I don't feel like I hear, hear his voice. Okay. Well, there's this big gap between what he wants and what you're living in. Right? This is your destiny. This is your reality. Well, this is the path. Right? So I, I, the Bible says to, to uh, set your eyes. Paul said that he has, uh, you know, um, I mean, set your eyes on the mark, right? Run towards the mark, run towards something. Well, when we gather together as believers, our job is to say, hey, look out there. That's your, that's your destiny. This is your destiny. I know you're experiencing this right now, but I'm telling you, that's your destiny. You can make it there. You can make it there. You're called to be like this. No, you're not called to, to live in, with sickness the rest of your life. You can be healed. The Lord Jesus wants you to be healed. And I tell you what, maybe you don't believe it, but I'm going to have faith for you. I'm going to believe it right now for you right? Or maybe you don't feel love. Maybe you feel, maybe you have something going on mentally, emotionally. Maybe you're living in, in, in depression. That's not the Father's will for you. Father's will is that you would live every single day baptized in His joy with an overcoming spirit. Let me help you get here. This is where we're going. We're not there, but this is where we're going, right? It's called the race, right? We're running somewhere, right? And so when you gather together, then I can say, hey, listen, sweetie, you need to be over here, baby. Yeah, no, no, no. You ain't staying there. You're not going to stay there, okay? You're going to be right here. You live here. This is where the Holy Spirit joy is. I'm not going to let you sit there in your little funk. Not that my wife had. That is, that's not true about her. She's more the one doing that to me. Does that make sense? So that's one of the pillars. When, we, when you walk in this, in this door, you should think, how can I help someone else fulfill their destiny? What could I do to push someone further towards the Father? What can I do to, to lift someone up towards where they're supposed to be? That's what we're doing. That's, that's I mean, if we're not going towards somewhere, we're, we're, we're going backwards. Does that make sense? All right. So we gather. We come to church. We gather together. Experience the Father. A living, real experience. And that's different for everyone. But it has to be living. It has to be real. It's not, a, it's not just we show up, go through the motions. It's alive. Our heart, it, it affects our hearts. Secondly, we gather together to encourage our brothers and sisters. How can I make you better? How can I make you great? Him that waters will himself be watered. It's a proverb, right? Are you watering other, other, other brothers and sisters? Are you helping them towards their goal, toward whatever they want, whatever they feel like their destiny is? Are you helping them maybe discover that destiny? Maybe there's some people in this room, you're like, I have no idea what Jesus wants me to do. Well, let's pray. Let's ask the Father. Yeah, so we're going to do that now. So I'll give you an example. Right? Before I came, when I was worshiping, I asked the Father for a word for somebody. That's for you. 
Yeah, stand on up. So I, I asked the father, for what does he want to say to her, right? And, and I got this vision, right? I got this vision of, um, of a bumblebee going throughout these flowers, right? And what I felt like the Father wanted to say to you was that, you know, your joy and your spirit is contagious. You know, the bumblebee goes throughout all these flowers, and he's doing it just his routine. He's grabbing what he needs for, for himself. What he doesn't realize is he's actually pollinating and bringing life to the entire garden, and that's what you've been doing. And you may not feel like you've been doing that. You may not have even been getting the, the feedback or any of that. But that's what you've been doing. You living who you've been made to be in the Lord has been like that bee that is supplying life to others. That's all over you. So that's what I want to do. So we're going to stand up real quick. And so I want you to go, you're going to go, you're going to grab one person. Yep. Oh, yeah. This is one of those working church services today. You're going to grab somebody and you're going to be nice to them. I know. I know. It's a new concept. I'm aware. I want you to partner up real quick. Grab somebody. Don't grab your spouse and don't grab a friend of yours. Grab somebody you don't know. All right. Come on. Come on. Let's do something real quick. Well, you may, you may all know each other. I meant like don't grab your best buddy. Come on. Okay. Somebody partner up with somebody. Come, come hang out with somebody. Okay, okay. Everybody listen real quick. Quick instruction here, okay? This is what we're going to do. Shh. Does everyone have somebody, a partner? Okay. Nothing. I'm not going to do anything too spooky, okay? That's what I want you to do. You can do one or two things. You can ask God to just tell you something good about this person. You may get a thought in your head. You may just, you may feel something. When you look at them, you may feel something. I just want you to say one good thing about them. One good thing, right? You may not, just that you either, you can either feel it or you can ask the Father. Maybe he'll give you a thought. Whatever it is, I want you to say one good thing to each other. I'm just doing this a little experiment here, okay? All right, go ahead. You got, you got five minutes. Go. Two minutes. <laughs> 20 seconds. <laughs> All right, wrap it up. You can be nice to each other after church. That was five minutes. It was my five minutes. All right. If you could be seated, please. I'm going to try to land this plane real quick here. How many people liked hearing something nice about yourself? Come on, don't, don't even front. Raise your hand. <laughs> you don't raise your hand. Never mind. Okay, let's check this out. Check this verse out. Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we, are, we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Check this out. What does it say? Let us. And say let you. It said let us. Let us run the race that's been set before us right? Laying aside. That's what we were doing this morning. We were laying aside what? Sins, doubts, lies, things that would encumbrance us, things that would hold on to us and make it harder for us to run towards Jesus, right? Okay. Everybody tracking? Everybody on the same track? Nobody's getting derailed yet? Okay, good. All right, last thing, last pillar. Again, these aren't exhaustive pillars. There's probably more, but I'm just sharing my thoughts. Lastly, our purpose as a church or a body of believers is to impact our local community for the kingdom of God. We cannot 
keep all the good stuff inside here. That just don't make any sense. I mean, we can't just be like, let me just drinking you in, love you, Jesus. This is the best in the world. I ain't talking to you. I ain't sharing this. Right? You cannot keep anything in the kingdom unless you give it away. What do I mean by that? You receive love from Jesus, and you don't ever want to give it to anybody else, it's gone. That's fake now. Because if you receive a real living love from Jesus, you have to share it. That's how it grows. If, if, that's how it grows. Right? If you, go to your, if you go to a new restaurant that is just amazing, right? They got like, the, I'll tell you a story, right? We went out to uh, our friends. We hung out with some of our friends who are missionaries in Mexico for seven years. And they took us this little taco joint, friend. And it was a hole in the wall. I mean, you would not ever go there. And they, and, they, and they ordered us a bunch of tacos, right? They were off the charts, y'all. I mean, off the charts good. I mean, we had a row of little tacos, El Pastor, tongue tacos, chicken, steak. Oh, Jesus, they were good, guys. They had a little jalapeno, avocado mixture thing you're throwing on them. They were awesome. You know how many people I've told about these tacos? At least 30. <laughs> and now all of you. Why? Because it was good, and I wanted to share it, right? I mean, do you, any of y'all do the same thing? I mean, you better listen. If you find a nice little joint to eat at, and you don't tell me. <laughs> Why do you do it? Because you liked it, and when you like something, what do you want to do? Share it. There we go. It's, it's not complicated. You share it, right? Right? You see these little couples getting engaged? What are they doing? Well, as soon as they get engaged, what are they doing? Click Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they doing that? Because they're, they're happy, and they want to share, right? Real simple. My wife, she's a tell this. As soon as we're in the middle of doing something good, wait, i got to have a foot. I'm like, or I'm crushing my face with a nice something to eat. She's like, wait, i got to have a foot. I'm like, I'm eating. Like, she wants to share. She's having a good time. She wants to share it. It's the same thing with us. I mean, we should be the happiest people on the planet. I mean, we're the only ones that got a guarantee of something else. Right? We got, the, we got the person who can answer every problem. We got the person who can change every situation. We got, we got love that's, that never runs out. We got hope that never runs out. We got joy that never runs out. We got power that is, is, it can never be exhausted with our Father. What's going on? We should be sharing. Again, I'm not perfect to this at all. So, again, I'm not. This is a let us thing. This is a, come on, Ben, you can do it too, buddy. Um, but we should be impacting our community. All right, that's not staying. That, that, that's who we are. We should be. Jesus told the disciples, freely you received, freely give. That's it. That's our life. How many of you can raise your hand and say that Jesus, Jesus has done at least one thing in your personal life. That's it. Just one thing. That's it. Okay. I want you to think of that one thing. Put it up. Put your hand up. Think of the one thing. One thing. It doesn't matter what it is. Small, it could be as small as anything. Okay? Could you share that story with another person? Could you share that story with another person? Right? That's not complicated. You don't, have to have a, you don't have to know everything in this book to share that story, right? I love that my favorite, I remember, remember when I first got born again, a uh, guy that was discipling me, he said, Ben, you know, he said, no matter what happens, you know, I was wanting to go to Bible school, all that. he said, no matter what you learn ever, he said, you don't never, you never graduate from the testimony of the blind man. I said, what are you talking about? He said, I want you to look at this scripture with me. It goes to John. And he says, you know the story of the blind man. Blind man, Jesus heals this blind man, man born from birth, blind. The Pharisees are not happy about this, right? Because it's never been told since the history of the world that someone born blind was healed. Never. And Jesus is making history here, and he's upsetting them. So they ask the blind man, tell us the truth. We know you weren't born blind. They bring in the parents. Uh, he was born blind. We don't know what happened. Parents walk out. You know they're scared. And uh, Pharisees say to them, they say, listen, tell the truth, give glory to God. We know this man's a false prophet. 
How did your eyes open? He said, I don't know who this man, I don't know, I don't know what this man is, whether he's a prophet, whatever he is. I know one thing. I was blind and now I see. And you can't take that from me. Doesn't matter. I don't give a flip what you got to say. I was blind and now I see. And this man did it. Game over. You lose. <laughs> right? You're done for. You can't take this away from me. You can't tell me I did not experience what I experienced. Right? We don't graduate from that. We don't go to become fancy teachers. Yeah, I can sit here and tell you a lot about this Bible, but I don't, you don't graduate from what Jesus did for you. That's the most powerful thing in the planet. Right? The man with a, the uh, person with an experience is never at the mercy with a, of the person with an argument. Your argument means zero. Because I know what happened to me. You can say all you want. That's great. You can sit here and tell me how all this Bible's not real and blah, 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 blah. Don't give a flip. He changed me, and you're not going to take that from me. You do the same thing with miracles and healing. That's cool that you think you know the Bible like that. But when you watch tumors disappear off someone's body, you're not going to tell me that didn't happen. Because I saw it happen. So you can't take that from me. That's my testimony. So I can share that everywhere in the world. And you can have a million arguments. I have been, I've been, I, I used to preach the gospel on the streets in the Philippines. And there would be a row of priests out there with Bibles. And they would love to sit there and argue and debate me. I would just be like, shut your mouth, watch this. And we'd pray for the sick and people would be healed on the spot. They were trying to have an argument. But you can't defeat Jesus. He's alive and real. You can't change it. You can argue all day. That's great. I mean, they had books. They'd be carrying like stacks of books and they'd try to get me in a little debate. They'd love to do this to the missionaries. That's what they'd do. I said, nah, time out. Who's sick here? Can you touch them? Nope. Jesus is going to heal you right now. Boom. That doesn't mean that I'm right about everything just because someone gets healed. But I am right that Jesus is alive. That I'm right about. And that you're right about. And whether someone argues something different, whatever, that doesn't matter. You have your story, and that can't be taken away from you. It can't. No one can take it. That's yours. No one can replace it, and no one can argue you out of it. Hallelujah. Right? What did they overcome him by? The word of their testimony and the blood of the Lamb. Right? In Revelations, they overcame what? The Antichrist. By the word of their testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. I'm not saying learning the Bible is not good. You need to know the word. Absolutely. It's life. But they overcame it because you're not taking my testimony away from me. The Father revealed the Lord Jesus to me. I know he's alive. I mean, that's good stuff right there. That'll get you stoked. All right, let's read a little Bible to sum up this verse here. Uh, this last one, making an impact in our local community. We must be making the impact. It's, well, let me change that. Not must. We get to. We get to give this gospel away. We get to, guys. We get to give it away. It is the most powerful thing in the planet. It's the best thing going. It is. Jesus is still the best thing going. I mean, whether they have hoverboards or any of these things, he's still going to be the best thing going. That's the facts. End of the story. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, Matthew 28. Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth, in the age. So, lastly, we exist to make an impact. You exist to make an impact on other people. You do. You exist. Matthew 9, Jesus said, Lift up your eyes and behold, the harvest is white. Lift up your eyes. Lift them up. Not at you. Lift them up around you. I'm telling you guys, we've got, we've got stuff. We have the answers that the world needs. Every person that you encounter, doesn't matter what they have, doesn't matter what has happened in their lives, you have the difference maker inside of you. You do. You have the difference maker inside of you, and he wants to get out. He's itching. He's like a racehorse that's stuck in a stall. He wants to get out and run. He wants to move. He wants to move through you. That's what he's created for. 
The Holy Spirit, he's stuck inside of us like, when are they going to use me? Use me. I'm tired of sitting around in here. Let's go do something. I want to be used. Again, Jesus said, I'll not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I will manifest to you. I will give myself to you. He said also that we're the temple of the living God. All that was not created to be a bumper sticker or something we say when we're having a hard day. It was meant to be a reality that we live from. You walk up and someone's got maybe a disease or maybe a depression or maybe something's going on in their finances or anything like that, the, the first thought needs to go through your mind, I've got the difference maker inside of me right now. Let me let him out on them. I don't have what it takes inside of me, but I, I know who he is, and I can give him away. I don't even know how. I'm just going to say, Jesus, come help. You don't have to have, you know, 15 prayers memorized in your back pocket. We have one for each situation here. I mean, you ain't got to have that. You got him. He's a person. Right? I'm going to have to help you. You need to take care of this, Jesus, because I don't know what to do here. We need to be making an impact. We are called the light. We're called light. Jesus said, you are the light. Of, you are the light. And, and for us, that, that, has to be, that has to be the forefront of our hearts. First off, we need to be experiencing him. Second off, we should be encouraging one another to fulfill our destiny. Lastly, we should be thinking regularly, I have to give this away. I have to. I am obligated. You know, I've heard plenty of people, you've probably heard this story before. If, if a doctor discovered the cure of cancer and he kept it to himself, he'd be, he'd, he'd, I, w- I would consider him more evil than Hitler. So he'd have an answer to the world to save millions. And he just said, I, I got it. I'm keeping it to myself. What would you think about that? You would think, what? That dude's sick. Like, why do you have that? We have the answers. Because what? The Father revealed Jesus to us. He's alive to us. He's our friend. We have him. So we have to give him away. And it can look differently. It doesn't mean that we have to have, you know, 50 outreach ministries at the church. It just means that you just talk to people. Just say, hey, how are you doing? You know what? I just see this about you. Anybody ever walked up to somebody and they looked like they were depressed? I mean, just open your eyes unless you're like, just like totally got blinders on. It's all about you when you're driving your car or something. I mean, just open your eyes. There's plenty of people out there like that. Just stop and say, hey, can I just bless you real quick? Can I, do, I mean, is there anything going on I can pray for you for? Tell your story, the story that you just thought. You know what? Jesus did this for me. Life changer. Why? Because it changed your life, didn't it? Did it change your life? It should change somebody else's, right? I mean, I mean that makes sense to me at least. All right, all right. We're going to wrap this up. Y'all look how we're getting bored. Y'all getting bored? Stephen, are you bored? Okay, good. Stephen's happy. Anybody else bored? I'm just kidding, just kidding. All right, let's stand up. We're going to do, um, Frank, we're going to do communion. Frank's the man. Y'all stand up, stretch. Now it is getting hot. I knew what Todd's talking about. He must have a heater up here or something. Anybody else hot? Okay, everybody else hot. Okay, good. It's not me. I don't have what, I don't have what. That's what it is. Todd just sits up there and it blows on his face and he's hot. So we're going to do communion. Yeah, that's right. That's one of the things we do as a body. We remember what he did. We're thankful for what he did, right? Uh, what I want to do, we're going to do a little bit different. Let me get the guys coming in. Um, we normally do it kind of as a big corporate, but I'm going to change it up a bit. Just because I can. What I want you to do is I want you to get communion. I want you to come get the stuff. We'll do our little whatever fancy thing where you walk out. How do they do that? You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But what I want you to do is actually I want you to get in a group of four to five people. I want you to get in small groups. And I'm going to say a prayer for the, I'm going to pray over the, uh, the communion, but I just want you guys to take communion together. I, want, I don't, I don't, you can either, you can maybe pray for each other's needs. If anybody has a physical ailment in the group, let's believe that when we take the bread, the Bible says that the Lord Jesus' body was broken, that our body may be whole. That's a reality that we can live in. Let, I, or whether there's a need or anything that they need prayer for, or just a celebration, but I want you to group up. I want us to group up. I want to really I want to get away a little bit from the 
I'm up here and you're watching the show. That's not, I'm not interested in that. We are body. We need to move and work together, okay? All right. So let's uh, we start with the front row. Grab your grab the stuff. <laughs> Get the stuff. And then buzz around and find a find a couple folks. And I want you this makes some groups of four or five. Groups of four or five. If anybody has a physical ailment or a prayer need, this is a safe place. So bring it up. And maybe a couple people pray for it when we take communion, okay?